0: gospel let us stand either in body been afflicted with it for 18 years. When Jesus saw her, he called her over, woman, you're free. He laid hands on her and suddenly she was standing straight and tall, giving glory to God. The meeting place president, furious because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the congregation, six days have been defined as work days on one of the six if you want to be healed, but not on the seventh, the Sabbath. But Jesus shot back, you frauds, each Sabbath every one of you regularly unties your cow or pony from its stall, leads it out for water, and thinks nothing of it. So why isn't it all right for me to untie this daughter of Abraham and lead her from the stall? Put it that way, his critics were left looking quite silly and red faced. The congregation was delighted and cheered him on. The word of the Lord. Thanks be Thanks be to
1: So the sermon today will be preached in part from the desert southwest, where my family and I were spending some time on retreat at Ghost Ranch, which is a camp about an hour and a half north of Santa Fe, and it got me in touch with some of the desert spirituality of the early church in the 4th and 5th century. Christianity's center was in the desert. It was no longer in in Rome, it was it was in the desert, in the barren places, along with Jesus and the prophets and many who sought God in the desert. And so I'm gonna preach some of this, but I just wanna give you some heads up that there is some, if technology works. And by the way, if you pray for technology, now would be the time to start praying. <laughs> uh, you, the video, you'll see that uh, I set up on a, I set the camera up on a rock, and uh, there was quite a bit of wind. And so you'll hear the wind uh, kind of sound particularly loud at times. But I'm appreciating the wind in a, in a new way out there. Uh, certainly, wind is in Hebrew ruach is is the word for breath, wind, spirit. It's all the same word in Jewish, in the Jewish language, in Hebrew. Um, so the ruach is quite active. But out there, have any of you heard of this biosphere that is kind of a dome? have you seen it? We've been there. So inside this huge dome, which is impervious to weather, the trees that grow there, I understand, are magnificent but weak because they have not been buffeted by the wind. They have not gained strength by pushing back against the wind. And I thought, there's a good metaphor for us in the spiritual life. We have wind in our lives that blow, blow us hard, and it is difficult, but there is a strengthening that happens when we stand in the wind. I also want to just lift up that in uh, churches that are lectionary-based, there are usually four readings of the lectionary, uh, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Psalm, the Epistle lesson, and the Gospel lesson. Due to time, we often just have the Gospel read, But starting in September at the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have all four scriptures read uh, to build up our our opportunity to hear God speaking to us through the Hebrew scriptures, the psalm, the epistle, and the gospel. The text, the lectionary text for today is from Isaiah, the 58th chapter. This is Isaiah's invitation for people of faith, people who are seeking God to keep the Sabbath holy, and by doing so they will become healers, repairers of the breach. Let us listen for God's words from the Hebrew text. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places, and make your bones strong you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, And the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not going your own way, serving your own interest, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is our, our call to be repairs of the breach by keeping the Sabbath. Holy. Not easy to do. How many times have we been asked, How are you? And the response is, I'm busy. Love to be busy. In some ways, that's a badge of honor for us. And to keep the Sabbath holy is to say, I'm not going to buy into that. I'm going to invest in not being busy and in being present to God and present to one another and present to the relationships that are sacred. Our relationship with God being first and foremost. And when we get that primary relationship right, all of our other relationships fall into a natural rhythm of love and compassion. But it is not easy. We really need to support one another in keeping the Sabbath holy because it's going against the grain of our culture. We have some things to learn from the desert fathers and mothers of the Christian faith in the fourth and fifth century. When Constantine converted to Christianity in 312, many Christians lost their way. Many Christians kind of got swept up in the culture and forgot who they were and forgot whose they were, and they made so many compromises that they they lost their edge. And so many Christians in the 4th and 5th century sought God in the desert, where they had less distractions, where they focused primarily on their relationship with God and what happened in that Sabbath activity, in that seeking God in solitude, as they became more compassionate, heartfelt, heart-led people. In my time here in the the desert southwest, I've been reading a book that my brother and sister-in-law gave to me almost 25 years ago. It's by Henry Nouwen called The Way of the Heart, Desert Spirituality and Contemporary Ministry. I found it to be very helpful, and things that i read this time around, I've read before, but they didn't make sense, and now they are. Perhaps it's the season of my life that I'm in. But I want to read some of this wisdom from Henry for someone who's watching this who may find it also helpful in the spiritual journey. I want to begin on page 27 with some wisdom that he has about Solitude. Solitude. In order to understand the meaning of solitude, we must first unmask the ways in which the idea of solitude has been distorted by our world. We say to each other that we need some solitude in our lives. What we are really thinking of, however, is a time and a place for ourselves in which we are not bothered by other people we can think our own thoughts, express our own complaints, and do our own thing, whatever it may be. For us, solitude often means privacy we have come to the dubious conviction that we all have a right to privacy. Solitude thus becomes like a spiritual property for which we can compete on the free market of spiritual goods. But that is not the solitude of St. John the Baptist, of St. Anthony or St. Benedict, or Charles de Foucault, or the brothers of Tizé. For them, solitude is not a private therapeutic place. Rather, it is a place of conversion, the place where the old self dies and the new self is born, the place where the emergence of a new man and a new woman occurs. In solitude, I get rid of my scaffolding, no friends to talk with, no telephone calls to make, no meetings to attend, no music to entertain, no books to distract, just me, Naked, vulnerable, weak, sinful, deprived, broken, nothing. Sometimes that is our aversion to Sabbath or solitude because we don't want to get in touch with our own neediness, our own brokenness, our own need for God, knowing that we are not self-sufficient. And so it is sometimes difficult to unplug I must tell you it's been difficult for me the first few days of my time here in the desert. You have heard me talk about this before. My phone is often a distraction that I wear on my hip. Out here in the desert, I have no cell phone reception. I have no ability to get emails, to send or receive texts. I have no ability to log on to Facebook and stay connected with people I love. Nothing. In some ways, this may be an opportunity for me and perhaps for us, to disconnect. Sabbath is disconnecting from all of the distractions of our lives to focus singularly on our relationship with the God who created the heavens and the earth and you and me. Sabbath is a time to dip into the, flow of God, the spirit of God, the love of God, so that we might restore our compassionate hearts and not grow numb to the needs of the world and the hurts of those who are all around us. I want to read one other section that may be helpful for someone in this spiritual journey that we walk together. Henry Nowen writes in The Way of the Heart about how keeping sabbath and entering solitude might grow compassionate hearts. If you would ask the Desert Fathers why solitude gives birth to compassion, they would say, because it makes us die to our neighbors. At first, this answer seems quite disturbing to a modern mind, but when we give it a closer look, We can see that in order to be of service to others, we have to die to them. That is, we have to give up measuring our meaning and value with the yardstick of others. To die to our neighbors means to stop judging them. To stop evaluating them. And thus, to become free to be compassionate. Compassion can never coexist with judgment because judgment creates the distance, the distinction, which prevents us from really being with each other. Much of our ministry is pervaded with judgments. Often, quite unconsciously, we classify our people as very good, good, neutral, bad, very bad. These judgments influence deeply the thoughts, words, and actions of our ministry. Before we know it, we fall into the trap of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Those whom we consider lazy, indifferent, hostile, or obnoxious, we treat as such, forcing them in this way to live up to our own views. And so much of our ministry is limited by the snares of our own judgments. These self-created limits prevent us from being available to people and shrivel up our compassion Jesus kept the Sabbath holy and by keeping the Sabbath holy he moved from the temptation to be judgmental to become even more compassionate when the woman who was bent over for 18 years came into the temple on the Sabbath he put his hands on her and she was healed. She stood up straight for the first time in 18 years. Some of the legal scholars, the religious police, scolded Jesus and told him he was unfaithful for healing on the Sabbath. But what Jesus was doing was showing them and us what potential keeping the Sabbath holy has. When we keep the Sabbath holy, we get in touch with the love of God, the compassion of God, and the natural outflowing is to be healers in a broken, hurting, and lonely world. And so, friends, we are called, like Christ, to keep the Sabbath holy and to then become repairers of the breach in a society and culture which is broken and divided and angry. And God needs us to be compassionate followers of Jesus who keep the Sabbath holy and become repairers of the breach. May it be so for you and for me and for the church and people of goodwill throughout the world. Amen.